So I gave you a challenge last week to read your Bible every day through the month of May. How did you do? Uh, in your chat right now, go ahead and give us a thumbs up or give us a, I did it, or be honest as well and maybe say, I didn't do it. Um, and, but guess what? His mercies are new every morning. You can start tomorrow morning. Or you can actually crack your Bible open and follow along and you'll have at least started today in your, the Word of God. So important, so important. Well, I also want to let you know that I don't know about you, but as this time grows longer, this stay-at-home order, these, these times, I've realized it's a gift from the Lord, but I also realize it's a very challenging time if we really allow the Lord to work in our life. So I've been as busy as ever. I, I can't, there's been so many things I've got to get done, but it's a different busy. It's a different, uh, a different pace. And I've allowed the Lord to work at, in my life a little bit more. But can I tell you what? It's painful. Can I tell you what? That as I've been ready to say this message of Jesus, if you came back, am I ready? Have you asked yourself that question yet? If, if Jesus came back, are you ready? And what's he going to see in your life? And I've had to ask that question, and, and I've seen some painful things in my life. I've seen some things that the Lord is pointing out and saying, hey, I really need you to work on that in your life. Now, he says it lovingly and graciously, but, but he's giving me an opportunity to respond, and, and I'm taking this opportunity. But I'll tell you, it's, it's, it's challenging. It's painful. And... You know, it's funny, I feel like there's sometimes a war raging in my own uh, life, but guess what? There, there's nothing that I can war against. It's, I'm warring against my own heart because he's, I've quieted myself enough that he's saying, hey, Mark, I want you to deal with this in your heart. Uh, so I don't know about you, but, but take this time as a time as a gift from the Lord. It's a gift of time that where the world is kind of like shut down to allow Jesus to speak to you. Well, we are in Revelation chapter 2, and we are on uh, the fourth church. Um, that These are letters to churches, so letters to Christians. And they're red letters. Jesus is speaking to these different churches in modern-day Turkey today. Today, we're going to be looking at the church of uh, Thyatira. Now, Thyatira is a, is a small town about 40 miles southeast of Pergamum. Last week we talked about Pergamum. It was established as a Macedonian colony by Alexander the Great after the destruction of the Persian Empire. So it's been actually an interesting thing about this. It was, it's known for their purple cloth, manufacturing of purple cloth. Do you remember in scripture where there was a woman who sold purple cloth? That's in the book of Acts, and uh, I believe her name was Lydia. And, and it, could it be that, we don't know, this is a little bit of an assumption, but Lydia was responsible for establishing the church in Thyatira? Maybe, it could have been. Well, the other interesting thing about this letter, though, and, and again, I'm not going to go through it all. I really hope that you would crack it open and read it. It's very challenging, by the way. And, and read it in a reflection to yourself. But this is the, the first letter that Jesus actually talks about his return. Before he says, you know how it works. Jesus talks about something of his character, his qualities. Then he says, this is what I have 
you're doing well. This is what you're not doing well. Here's some correction matters. You need to repent. And then he has some closing words. Same format in this letter. But so let me tell you what, he has um, something good for them to say. And then before he goes into the bad, and by the way, this is one of, one of Jesus's harshest letters. E- even though John penned this, this is, this is inspiration from uh, Jesus himself. It's one of his harshest letters. But this is what he says that they're, they're known for. This is the good that, they've, that they're known for. Their works, their faith, and love. And, and if you're thinking about three markers of what makes a great Christian, I would say it's this, right? How's your faith? Are you faithful? Are you faithful to Jesus? Are you living full of faith? Yes, check. Their works, they said their works, that they're doing greater works. Their works preceded were greater than when they began. Okay, faith without works is dead, but, but let your deeds be seen, right? Let your light shine. So works are important, but so they got works, they got faith. They have love. Remember the, the greatest of these. You did all these things, in my name, but if you didn't have love, you're sounding God. They have love. They have love. So you think they've got the package, right? Well, guess what? Then he has some corrective words. The corrective words are, you, you tolerated this woman named Jezebel. Now, we don't know if that's actually her name. There's a lot of reference, though, to Jezebel in the Old Testament. Remember Jezebel there? She married King Ahab and then went on to pollute Ahab's kingdom and killed all the true prophets of God and started introducing worship of Baal. Jezebel. So they named this woman Jezebel, but here's what he has against them. He says, you actually have put up with this self-proclaimed prophetess. So isn't this interesting? First of all, women leaders in church, I have no problem with women leaders in church. But here's the self-proclaimed prophetess. Just because somebody says they're a prophet or a prophetess doesn't mean they're from God. <laughs> just because somebody said, that, the Lord told me, just because somebody says the Lord told me doesn't mean it's the Lord speaking. They says you've put up with her. And, and the problem with that is, is they put up what she was doing is, again, you see this in the first letters, this mixology, this, hey, we're following Jesus, but we're adding a bunch of the world's stuff into it. And she, so same thing when you have uh, worship of Baal is that there would be food sacrificed to idols, you eat that, and then there's sexual immorality. But this is different the sexual immorality is a little bit different this time. He basically says that she's causing people to commit adultery. Adultery is being unfaithful on your spouse. It says this is what Jezebel's doing, and you've tolerated it. Then he says, okay, Jezebel, if you yourself don't repent, so this is an actual woman that he's speaking to in this church. If you don't repent, here's the severe judgment. I will throw you into a sickbed, Jesus says. Those who uh, are mixed with her, great tribulation. And without repentance, I will strike her children dead. Wow, really? That almost sounds like God Old Testament. But guess what? This is New Testament. This is, oh, the sash Jesus with flowing hair. Kind, let the little children come to me. I don't know why I do that with an uh, English accent when I want to get all like that. But anyways, like 
You have this picture. I don't know what picture you see. Maybe you have this judgmental. That's not it at all. He's not judgmental. But he's understanding that his nature, Jesus' nature, he wants a holy church. He wants a pure bride. And here she is. She's, she's encouraging the church to be involved in things that, that hinder wholeness in marriage, that pollute a church, and yet she's refusing to repent. And I want to let you know, if, if the Holy Spirit is, is pointing something in your life and you refuse to repent, look out. <laughs> look out. The other interesting thing in all this, this is the lookout part, which is, is also understanding that when, when Jesus looks at their works, their faith, and their love, it, it means that Jesus sees everything. He sees your good and he sees your bad. He sees you when you're sleeping. He sees you when you're awake. So be good for goodness sake. <laughs> all right. Wrong time of year for that. So, so here we begin, though. So, so it's interesting that I'm not going there today. I just gave you the, what he had them for. They're good, what, they're, what they're, God has against them. What I want to talk about is the first part of when Jesus says, this is who he is. So in Revelation chapter 2, verse 18, and to the angel to the church of Thyatira write, the words of the Son of God who has eyes like a flame of fire and whose feet are like burnished bronze. I want to talk about his eyes like a flame of fire and whose feet are like burnished bronze. It's important to understand who Jesus is and especially we're supposed to have a relationship with him. He's coming back for a bride. And so if this is some parts of who he is, he's describing the nature of himself that we need to understand what that means. So we can go back there and just like, hey, uh, you know, is this like um, Godzilla, the flames, the, the lasers coming out of his eyes and ready to zap people? What does that mean? Eyes like a flame of fire. Can I let you know, though, that that, that is important to know because there's going to be something that we have to walk through. We are actually going to have to walk through fire when we meet Jesus, whether it's his return or when we go on to meet Jesus um, after our death. And the fire is actually his, his holy love for us. Remember when, when Moses encounters God, bright light, bright, 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 it like hurt his eyes. So this imagery of what he's seeing is, is the brightness coming from his eyes. In other words, he's looking, he's seeing intently but it's so bright, his love is so intense, his holiness is so intense that anything that's going to come in contact with it is going to go through fire. It's going to go through fire. I want to read with you First uh, Corinthians chapter 3. First Corinthians chapter 3. If you're at home and you don't have your Bible and it's too fast to flip there, there's no slides today, so you're going to have to kind of write this down. First Corinthians chapter 3. Verse 12 through 16. If you're on live, uh, the gccnh.com live, you are going to get that scripture popped up. Um, thank you, Victoria, for being our moderator and uh, getting that scripture up there for us. 
It says this, now, if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, or straw, each one's work will become manifest for the day will disclose it. In other words, it'll be evident. The day will disclose it because it will be revealed by fire. And the fire will test what sort of work each has done. So here we go. Our work is going to be tested by fire. If the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive his reward. If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved only as through fire. So in other words, he's saying, okay, he's saying, are you going to be saved? Well, you will be saved. Everybody's going to pass through fire. So do we have the Holy Spirit in us? That's when we've given our life to Jesus. We're a carrier of the Holy Spirit. That won't get burned up. I titled this message, What Reward Are You Going to Get? Because here it says you will receive a reward. And I think it's important for us to think about that. What reward will I get? The only thing that passes through the fire that sustains, that keeps there, was the reward that you will get. Now, all right, I'm going to try not to burn down the house here today. All right, his eyes are like fire, right? And here we know that, that he's saying, what are you building your life on? What's the foundation? I'm going to take off a ring here. Uh, some people ask why I wear two rings and, and one I just kind of inherited. It's a silver ring. I think there's kind of two there. So, no, I'm not married twice. One wife, my lovely wife, Audra, almost 30 years. Okay, so then my next, how many years? 27, thank you. <laughs> Almost 30. Yeah, I guess it's like that. And there's my goal. This is my actual wedding ring. It's engraved on the inside. Married 1993, May 29th, coming up. I better remember that. Okay, gold. And in here is some hay. So, so you have to say, here's, here's my life. Here's my pursuits of my career, uh, building my wealth my nest egg, and, and here's my activities, my sporting events. Here's other things that might last, the things, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. Here's the way I love and care for my neighbor. Here's looking after the Matthew 25, the least of these. Here's, well, what Jesus is asking you to do goes into this. And, and here comes, here comes either Jesus coming back Okay? His eyes are like fire. Oh, don't get too close here. Don't burn my hair off. And it comes and he's going to say, what's going to pass through? The fire. Oh, smoke detectors, please don't go off. Right? So here's his eyes. They're blazing. And here's inside. Oh, smoke, go away, quick. <laughs> All right, but what's not burnt up? All we have is ash in here now. Whew. We got ash. So what has passed through here, but what also is in here is, oh, it's pretty hot though, my ring of gold and silver. So you see, our lives are going to, are going to pass 
to this blaze. And we have to determine what is going to, now I got black soot all over me. Man, oh man, should have tried this at home before I just try to execute this right in front of you. But you get the point. Wow, that's interesting what that did to my ring. Anyways, <laughs> we're good. So this, this fire, this blazing fire that we're going to be brought through, what's going to remain? Oh, is there smoke alarms? No, we're good. Sprinklers ready to go? No, we're good. Kids, I want to let you know, if you do not try this at home, mom and dads, I know some of you are pyros, don't try this at home. This was in a safe, controlled environment. <laughs> so here's the thing. Your lives will be passing through this fire. And so what is your reward? What remains? What remains? You see, you want a reward in heaven. Make sure that the fire does not burn everything up in your life. Make sure everything doesn't burn up. What is it that's going to be there in your life? What is the house that can withstand? Hey, do you remember the little uh, fairy tale, the three little pigs? The one little pig who built his house uh, on, with straw, the other one with wood, and then the other one who built, took time and built it with bricks, right? The first little piggy, the wolf came and huffed and puffed and blew the house down and so on and so forth. And if you read, I, I actually read that, reread that. I remember as a kid and I reread that. And it, man, a lot of analogies for us in that. Are we actually just in a place of, of just quickly wanting to build some sort of life that so we can go take it easy and, and live our selfish ways? Are we going to take the time to build on the right foundation that can stand the winds of the huff and the puff of the enemy? I love that story though. Not by the hair of my chinny chin chin, <laughs> right? <laughs> okay, the younger generation is like, what is he doing? I don't even know that story. The next part though is his feet like burnished bronze, his feet like burnished bronze. What does that mean? Do you remember in Ephesians 6, spiritual warfare, our spiritual armor, the shoes of the gospel of peace? Now, first of all, bar, um, burnished bronze is bronze that is like almost sanded, so it's more like a glow. But these, these shoes that, this is a military view, by the way, that the bronze shoes, there would be spikes in the shoes made out of bronze, a bronze toe, that would be the early Romans would wear that type of um, military paraphernalia. But the interesting thing, if you take the spiritual armor analogy, the shoes represent the gospel of peace. In other words, when you present the gospel, it should bring peace to people. The gospel is a reconciliation of people's souls, man to God. The removal of our guilt, our shame, and he gives us peace. And so when Jesus comes, he's gonna come peace, not world peace, but inner peace. Peace where it's going to be this, this heart that's going to be at peace with God. 
same picture you find in Daniel chapter 10. His body was like beryl, which is like a, a translucent blue-green stone. His face, the appearance of lightning, his eyes like flaming torches. His arms and legs with a gleam of burnished bronze and the sounds of his words sound of a multitude. So this is a picture of warrior Jesus coming back for his church. And when he's coming back for us, he's going to say, what's going to remain? What holds there? And I would say one of the greatest rewards that you can have in your life, the thing that will pass through the fire is other people's souls that have been introduced to Jesus that you're bringing with you. Can I say that again? One of the greatest rewards you can have as a follower of Jesus is that you've brought peace to somebody else's life through a relationship with Jesus Christ that reconciles the human heart to God, that gives you this peace, the gospel of peace, that we're to go and make disciples, yes, but to share the good news of Jesus. But that is going to go through the fire, and that's going to be one of your rewards. Jesus commended the church of Thyatira for their works, but he also knew, yes, works, faith, and love, but he also knew that there was some mixology. Their actions were being taken away from, they, they were doing some things that just had no profit and actually a lot of hurt. This week, I'm gonna ask you this question. Would you take time to ask Jesus are you ready for his return? I want you to ask him what's going to burn and what's going to remain. What's going to burn and what's going to remain. Remember, I want you to have this image though. His, his eyes of, of a blaze is it's pure love. It's pure love. And it's so pure, it's holy, right? So, so don't think of this judgmental God. Think of this loving God, but his nature is so holy and pure that it's gonna cut through anything that has nothing to do with his original creation. It's gonna blaze right through it. And what's gonna remain? What's gonna remain? What has been luring you away? In closing, I, I just want to know, there's a lot of fishermen out here in New Hampshire. If you're watching from other parts of the nation or even watching, I know there's some viewers in Canada. I just want to let you know, if you're a fisherman, here's what fishermen do. They take a, a lure and try to fool the fish to think that it's, that it's something that they would find in nature, whether it's a worm, a frog, or what. They put a lure on a line, but hidden underneath, the look of something so enticing is a big old hook. Fishermen, you know this. And the lure goes in and, and it, it catches the mouth and it drags the fish any way the fisherman wants to go. And I'm concerned that this world has lured us away from the things that God has for us. And there's a hook in our, in our mouths and it's pulling us away and it's luring us away. And I want us to have that reflection of saying, what are those hooks? What are those things that are luring us, that are not godly, that are not bringing us closer to Jesus? 
See, I want you to have a great reward. I want you to be blessed. I want you to find favor with God. I want you to have a stockpile of rewards in heaven. But it means we have to stop living for this world. We need to start preparing for the next world. And I want you to be ready for our Lord and Savior for his return or until we meet him. That's why I'm passionate for you. Because I want the best for you. I want the rewards for you. So Jesus gave us these instructions. He gave us these corrections. He says this is what's good, but he gave us a part of his nature. He is going to come for his bride that is prepared, that has made herself ready, that is holy. Let's do the work that's necessary this week. Let's do the work that's necessary this week. Allow him to get into our hearts to purify those places that need some purifying. With his great love, with his great kindness. Remember, it's his kindness that leads us to repentance. So if you're hearing judging words, it's not Jesus. If you're, not, if you're hearing condemning words, I should say, it's not Jesus. The Holy Spirit will bring conviction, yes. And that conviction should lead us to repentance. But it's his kindness that does it. Welcome to Church Online. My name is Pastor Mark, and I just want to say thank you for taking the time to join us in watching our services online. Maybe you can't be at our location today and you're watching this from home or on the road. We just want to say thank you for tuning in. And maybe you can't get to a physical location at Grace Capital Church, then this becomes part of your regular routine to do church live on your computer or on your device. We want to say, Invite some friends with you. Do church together. Life is so much better together and discovering what God has for us is meant to be done in community. Gather people together and enjoy these services for weeks to come. Thank you for watching.